0: It's Nikki, and today we are getting real with Patrick Fabian from the movie Driver X, but you know him from so many other things. Patrick, how are things going where you're at? What's the weather like? Are you in California?
1: Well, you know what? I'm actually in Houston. I'm here for a screening of Driver X right now tonight. We have a 200-seat sellout going on, so I flew down here for the first time.
0: You know, I saw that on your Facebook page, actually. (laughs) That's awesome. I
1: know. How about that? It was totally good. Our producer is from here, and so uh, he drummed up some business, and uh, and we're going to go do a little Q&A for that. So I'm really psyched about that.
0: Awesome. Uh, Yeah, we're dealing with some crazy snowstorms right now. So be thankful you're not in the Midwest.
1: (laughs) Oh, my gosh. You know what? I I grew up in Pennsylvania, but I I fell in love with California. So I have a romantic notion of what it's like to be around that kind of snow again. And and it's not so fun when you're in it. I know that.
0: (laughs) No, it's not. Well, at least it's not the the bitter cold that we had last week. The polar vortex just like murdered us.
1: (laughs) Oh, my gosh. You guys are getting mauled. I'm so sorry. It's the
0: worst winter.
1: But you got sunshine coming out of your mouth now that you sound great no matter what. Oh,
0: thank you. I'm a morning person, so I got that going for me. I beat the snow to the office today. (laughs) Great. (laughs) We have to talk about the fact that you've been in uh, pretty much everything. Uh, Friends, Will and Grace, Hot in Cleveland, Better Call Saul, Burn Notice, Grey's Anatomy. I mean, just the list goes on and on and on. You've been at this for, what, two decades now?
1: Yeah, yeah, over two days, de- I, 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 uh, I came to California as a young man, and I took, it looks like I took a nap, and I woke up on a middle-aged guy who has a resume as long as his leg.
0: <laughs> yes, that's very true. You're the guy that everyone's like, oh, I remember him when he was the guest star in Friends or, you know.
1: Oh, they- it's, it, it's, it, I call it the airport actor. As I walk through airports, <laughs> people look at me and they go, hey, hey, and they accuse me of going to high school with them, going to college with them. And then they eventually realize, oh, no, I'm the bad guy from Star Trek or I'm the CEO who sold children for drugs on CSI.
0: Yes. (laughs) But it's a really cool thing that you're so recognizable because that means that you've done really well with those guest star roles. So people actually recognize you when they see you.
1: Yeah, you know, it reminds me once again, the power of television and how far reaching it is. And you know what? I always love when somebody comes up and says,
0: hey, I know you. And
1: even if they don't know exactly where from, I find it fun and I find it to be a compliment. So uh, I'm never offended by that.
0: Oh, that's that's very good. But you have done a ton of stuff. And now you're in the driver's seat in this film called Driver X. And what's the difference? I mean, you're in every single scene of this movie.
1: Yeah, it, it, it's funny. The first time I saw it, I was like, oh, I really am the lead of this film, because I am in every single scene. And what's great about that is, uh, you know, it's a low-budget film I made with my friends, basically. The writer-director, Henry Barrio, I've known him for years. We we met playing volleyball on the beach, as everyone does in Los Angeles. <laughs> uh, and, you know, this was a story that was personal to him, and he was able to hire me, which is great. And uh, the story is, you know, it's it's... It's about what's going on in the nation. You know, people in the middle age having to change careers, careers that they used to have collapsing. You know, this is a guy who owned a record store at exactly the wrong time in history and has to reinvent himself. So he drives Uber in Los Angeles at night to try and save his marriage, pay his mortgage, and figure out what's what. And what he figures out is that music has passed him by and youth has passed him by. And how is he going to turn his life into a second act? So uh, I think it's a real mediation on that sort of thing that's going on all across the country.
0: Yeah. And that is something that is identifiable for a lot of people is that, like you said, they're they're having to start over because jobs have changed. The whole idea of a career path has changed for a lot of people because, you know, in our case here in central Wisconsin, mills are closing. People went to work in the mills right out of high school. Now, mills are closing. These people have no other skills other than millwork. So what are people going to do? And you're right. it's They have to reinvent themselves and they have to start a new career path. And that's really hard for people to do, especially middle-aged people.
1: Oh, absolutely. And, you know, you talk about, you know, Wisconsin. I've uh, I worked before in Green Bay extensively. I used to be the spokesman for uh, Bellin Hospital there. So I've been in Wisconsin a bunch. And You're right. When they talk about the heartland, they talk about America with, quote, unquote, Wisconsin represents that in many, many ways. And with, like, mills closing and factory jobs going and whatnot, what do you do when the promise of America has sort of stopped for you? Like, how do you reinvent yourself? And I think this movie likes to touch on the idea of, um, of course it's devastating in so many ways, and the act of aging, by the way, and the act of having your music become the classic rock station is not a new thing. It's just what's going on with us right now. But there's a sense of, like, there is a place in the world for you. There's a place uh, where you can still feel okay about yourself. And that maybe, uh, just maybe your job isn't your first identifier of who you are.
0: Mm-hmm. Yes. But that's
1: hard because we really identify like, what do I do every day? Where do I go? And what's my self worth? Uh, but there's also some great scenes in here that uh, we were actually in Minneapolis for a screening a while back. Uh, and there's some husband and wife ex- dialogue exchange that goes on in the kitchen. And after the screening, Some young girl raised her hand, and she was there with her boyfriend, and she said, I didn't like the way that they talked to one another in the kitchen. And there was an older couple, and that woman raised her hand, and she said, "Um, How long have you been married, young lady? And she goes, Oh, we're not married. And she goes, Well, I've been married for 35 years, and let me tell you, that's how married people talk.
0: (laughs) (laughs) You know, it's true, because it seems harsh, but at the same time, in that situation, I think I know exactly what scene you're talking about. In that situation, those things needed to be said. And yeah. it was delivered in a way that it absolutely would have been in a marriage. Because you build up all of this frustration and then eventually it it's just got to come out. And he just kind of lays it out there on the table. And she is surprised by the fact that he's actually speaking up for himself. And she doesn't really know what to do in that moment. And that's when she was like... I love you too.
1: Right, I, you know, and and I thought what's great about that moment is it's all very real. Mm-hmm. It, it, it feels real. It doesn't feel like it's a movie moment. It feels like oh, it's two people who are at odds. They're also have no answers, but there is a basis of like you've been married and you're raising kids, and there's a there's a foundation of love and respect that lives there that gets tried and gets rocked. But I think that that foundation is there. And I think we show that in the film, which is which is really nice.
0: Yeah. And now you're married and you've got kids. Have you found yourself in that that situation? Were you able to draw on personal experiences there?
1: Oh, no, my wife and I love each other (laughs) completely and fully, and we get along like sunshine all day long. I've got two little girls who are six and eight. You do the math. (laughs) Oh, yeah.
0: I've got five and seven, so I get Oh, well, you know,
1: everything, all day long, everything's very important and very emotional until they go to sleep, and I'm exhausted by the end of the day. But I will say, um, talk about choosing your partner. Well, it wasn't until we had kids that I realized how lucky I was that I married the lady that I did because mm-hmm. that that's when you find out who you married yes uh, that's what i think and you find out a lot about yourself and so the the, the things that are going on with leonard in the movie driver x are things i have exactly gone through thoughts when i'm driving around you know i still get surprised when the starbucks barista calls me sir i'm like who's sir sir <laughs> is my father yeah you know and and then all of a sudden i'm in i love this i'm in trader joe's is the grocery store in los angeles right and and I'm in the milk section at 5 o'clock because you're coming home and you have children. You need to have milk for the morning, right? So you're there doing that thing. And I'm, I'm there, and all of a sudden I hear Bon Jovi, slippery when wet, in, the, in the, as I'm standing there. And I start grooving to it. And I look to my left and my right, and there's these gray-haired guys who are also grooving to it. And I'm like, what are they? Oh, no, I'm them. And I speak <laughs> out, right? Oh, my gosh.
0: <laughs> yeah. So Leonard in the movie has, a obviously, deep respect and... Um, identifies a lot with the music because he was a record store owner. Yeah. So for you, what songs do you most identify with? What are your core songs?
1: Oh, boy. You know, I I grew up in the suburbs of Pennsylvania. I was a product of, you know, Springsteen and, and classic rock. So the Stones and the Eagles and all that stuff. But I also came of age... Right around the time that hair metal took over, so my core is like Rush and Def Leppard and Tesla and Motley Crue and all of that. And uh, I just saw the double bill of Journey and Def Leppard as they k- finished their North American tour last fall. And I tell you what, what a show! What a show! Mm-hmm. You guys have been playing for 35 years, and they punch the lights out, and they are appreciative, and the fans are appreciative, and you know, it's it's great. You know, there's a nod to the fact that hey, we're, we all have kids, we're all getting a little bit older, but you know, rock, rock till you drop is what I got to say about that.
0: Oh yeah, absolutely. Now, what do you think of all these kids, these teenagers that are running around wearing Def Leppard t-shirts and Rush t-shirts? <sighs> what do you think? I,
1: well, I, 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 I think it's, I think it's good that they're passing it on and, and learning it. But um, you know, I have my original uh, Rush shirt from Signals tour from 1982 when I took the bus to Philadelphia to go see them. Uh, so my vintage shirts are all full of holes and stuff like that. I don't mind wearing them. I think it's proud, and I think it's great that there's a, you know, that people are are are, are rediscovering it. I was with I got in my car the other day, and my six year old says, "Daddy, how do you know the words to all this?" And it was literally subdivisions from Russia's signals, and uh, and I go, "Well, honey, uh, it's one of Daddy's favorite bands." Uh, and, and also I've been listening to it and then I did the quick math. I'm like, and I've been listening to it for 40 years. (laughs) Yeah. I better know the words. Right. Really? Has it been 40 years? And all of a sudden, you know, it's a time warp where you're like a song takes you back to when you first heard it. And I'm like, I don't feel like it's been 40 years. I feel like, I feel like I was driving my dad's car going to high school to pick up Karen. You know what I mean? Like, and Mm -hmm. so that's the transport of beauty of music. And that's what I love about the film too, because it, if he gets a chance to talk about that. And I think that's a binding thing for a lot of our generation.
0: Oh, absolutely. And I think that for those of us who are 35 plus, we have a different kind of appreciation for music than younger people because we didn't go and download one song at a time. We bought an entire album and we listened to it every single track in a row. We read the liner notes. We experienced the album covers and all of that stuff is is described in the movie just exactly the way I remember it when I was young.
1: Oh, yeah, that whole sequence when I talk about Frampton Comes Alive. I mean, that, that just, that happened to me. Yeah. That happened to me. And it happened to me again and again and again and again. So no wonder, 40 years down the road, I'm still clinging to it in such a, uh, it, it's part of the fabric of my, it's my lifeblood. Yes. You know? and, I, and I worry about that for my kids. You know, I got rid of that. that, that there's another scene in there involving the CDs, and the record collection and that happened to me as well uh, i i gave up my record collection because i thought my children aren't going to be going through this they're not mm-hmm. going to be going through these these jewel cases and these are sitting here in my garage what and they're, now they're in my garage they're not even in my house yeah and i go what am i doing and so i tried to make the quote unquote mature decision to, to move them on but boy it was painful because because who knows? I mean, that sort of archive, that treasure chest of like, what's in dad's closet? What are these? What's, what's yes? Yeah. What's Genesis? And I'm like, oh, that's like the keys to the kingdom. That's what that is. That's the keys to your imagination. And I wonder, and this sounds like middle-aged musings, I wonder what is being played today that will have the same resonance 35 years down the road. And uh, I'm, uh, I'm unsure. I'm not mm-hmm. sure how it's how how music survives like that, but then again, it, it it will shift and change, and who knows what's down the line. But I don't know if the cloud has the same uh, sentimentality and nostalgia as uh, as a nice as a nice album.
0: I completely agree, and I I like I said I appreciate the fact that that was described in the way that it was in the movie because it's. It means so much more when you hear an experience that is similar to your own that you remember as compared to just breezing by the fact that, oh, he owned a record store. But what did that mean to him? And that was what was really, really nice is that you really got to feel that connection. And the fact that you actually have that same kind of connection with it sells it so much more.
1: Well, yeah, the thing is, uh, you know, Henry and I drew from my experiences, both being married, both having kids both being middle-aged, and we're both freelance artists, which is always sort of a, uh, a crapshoot to begin with. So we sort, of, we sort of bargain for the fact that we don't know what's next. But I think always in the back of our minds, uh, you know, things are going to work out, right? Which is sort of the idea, like you take a job out of high school, IBM will take care of you, General Motors will take care of you, you put in your time, they give you your retirement. And then when that bargain gets broken midway through, where all of a sudden you're like, oh, wait a second, being a freelance artist is a dangerous proposition. What am I doing with a house mortgage when I'm trying to cobble together freelance work? Or I've been laid off at the line, and they're sending my job to New Mexico. What am I supposed to do now? Like, what am I supposed to do? Somebody asked me, you know, you know wh- what would you do if you weren't an actor? I'm like, oh, my gosh, I don't think I'm qualified to do anything else. I've managed to screw myself into middle age. With only one skill, I'm a one-trick pony, and that, that keeps you awake at night.
0: Yeah, absolutely it does. And when somebody invests their entire life into one career, making a change ah. is really difficult, no matter what career that you're in. I mean, for me, I've worked in radio since I was in college. I started this job here at this company when I was no in college. Way. Yeah, and I've just no worked my way through different jobs within this company. But, you know, if something were to ever happen, I wouldn't have any clue what to do. I mean, my only skill is talking.
1: <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'd hire you. I appreciate that skill. <laughs>
0: I'll do voiceovers anytime.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, I think this movie is fantastic. It was something where I went into it and I'm like, a movie about a guy driving a car. Hmm.
1: Oh, sure. Exactly. I, cue the eye roll. Oh, this, <laughs> yeah. Right? yeah.
0: But... First, somehow you managed to make this movie so engaging and there was so many. I mean, it kept me interested, even though it was literally a guy driving a car.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Right. How about that? Yeah. I'm glad. I'm really, really glad. Thank you so much for taking the time to talk about it.
0: and Reminding people
1: it's on on all platforms, on iTunes, Amazon and download it and uh, let us know what you think.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Check it out. Driver X. Patrick Fabian, thank you so much for your time today. It's been a pleasure talking with you.
1: Nikki, thanks so much. You stay warm, all right?
0: Thanks. Bye.
1: Bye.